Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. All Nations, we are in a brand new series. Can y'all believe it's December already? Can y'all believe it's December already? That's crazy. We are in a new series that we are calling Finish Strong. Finish Strong. I saw somebody post online a meme that said, man, this year went by so fast I forgot to lose the weight. I mean, this thing just just went on by. Didn't even get a chance to diet. Um, But several months ago, God admonished me to admonish you to finish strong. We tend to get here and start thinking about the new year. We tend to get to this point on the calendar and forsake all 31 days of December in preparation for January 1st as if God doesn't have purpose for what remains in this year. And he told me to tell you that you have to finish strong. We were made in the image of Christ. Jesus Christ, he's a finisher. Jesus didn't come up off of his throne, live on this earth, die a perfect death, live a perfect life and die a surrendered death on the cross, get up out the grave to partially set us free from sin. He did all those things to completely set us free. That's why the last thing that he said out of his mouth on that cross was, it is finished. He's a finisher. And when God calls us to do anything in life, he's not asking us to do it halfway. Hmm. Because he's a finisher, his expectation of his sons and of his daughters is that they are finishers too. If we look at Romans 12 and 1, and I'm going to give it to you all in the Amplified Version. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, that's y'all, by the mercies of God to present your bodies. Now, we like to quote this verse when we go back to the gym. I got to present my body back to the Lord. Way too much chicken. Now, I like chicken. Way too many burgers. I got to present my body as a living sacrifice. But wait, wait, wait. When we look at the Amplified, it says it's dedicating all of yourselves. It's not just the physical. It is that. But it's also your ambitions. All of you. It's also your goals. All of you. It's also your relationships. All of you. It's your mentality. All of you, nothing's excluded when we are trying to move as a living sacrifice, holy 
and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent, here it is, act of worship. You finishing what God told you to do is an act of worship. You thought it was just songs. You thought when Brandon hit the right key, when, when Ken Tom boom, on that snare, that's worship. No, doing what he told you to do. <laughs> that's worship. Paul is making the point that it's reasonable. Like reasonable, like, like bare minimum. It's reasonable for you and me to dedicate ourselves to the will of God. How dedicated are you to the will of God? God has been speaking to y'all all year. All year. Y'all had all kind of revelations last January 1st. You had all kind of prophetic words on January 1st, 2022. But you want to just skip right on over that. All that stuff that you ain't did that he told you to do. And now you want a fresh revelation. <laughs> That's so backwards. It's, it's the least we can do. It's to finish what he told us to do. It's not radical or over the top. It's why we're here. We're not here accidentally. We're not here randomly. There's a reason. There's a purpose. There's a plan. There to be beacons of his light shining in dark places. We've talked about this all year. Supposed to be salt in the earth. The truth is we will never experience the fullness of joy and freedom that's allocated for us, that's available to us through Christ if we refuse to do what God has told us to do. I know life be lifing. Life busts me upside the head all year. I'm still going to do what God told me to do. Because that's our reasonable sacrifice. I think we do a poor job. We, I mean us, clergy. We sell promises. We do. We sell you a promise. We can tell you every promise that's in this word, and they are promised, and they will come true. But we don't spend enough energy on the process that's required to get to those promises. We want Jesus to be a genie. We want to rub a lamp, make our request, and it appear. Thank you, Jesus. Won't he do it? He will after you get through the process. But the only way that we can experience the totality of the fullness of joy that he's allotted for us is when we make a decision, a conscious, intentional, consistent effort to do what he told us to do whatever God asks us to do even the stuff that's outside of our comfort zone 
It's for our good. He has a purpose for it. He always, listen, listen, come here. He always has our best interest in mind. He's not telling you to do it to make himself feel good. He's God. He don't need you. Is that okay? Can I just be your pastor and let you know that he don't need you? But he wants you. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the book of Psalms. Sometimes that feels amazing to read. Maybe you're struggling with a little lack of confidence or you don't really don't really believe in your abilities. And you can come to the book of Psalms. You say, man, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, this is also true when it comes to our brains. It's also true when it comes to how we physically feel when we don't finish. Uh oh, what we started. I'll prove it to you. Why do our brains recall the things we haven't done more than the things that we've actually accomplished? <laughs> it seems our brains have a tendency to constantly remind us of what we could have done. What we could have accomplished. And we don't spend enough time thinking about the things that we actually, actually did accomplish. This isn't random. This is actually science. There's this term in psychology called the Zygernick effect. And it's based on the findings of a psychologist named Bluma Zygernick. And he did an experiment where he had a group of people and he gave them all the exact same list of tasks to accomplish. But with some of the people, he intentionally interrupted some of the tasks and therefore they were not able to complete those tasks. And then on the back end of the experiment, he went through a series of survey and the people that were interrupted from finishing what they started could only remember what they did not do. Even though they did have some things that they accomplished, their brain automatically went to the interruptions and automatically recalled everything that they failed to complete. This may explain why we regret things we didn't do even more than the things that we did do. Like sometimes we can do things, mess up, and regret it, but we don't even recall that as much as the things that we never finished in the first place. Why is that? Because we're fearfully and wonderfully made to be finishers. Like our risen Savior is. This may explain why when we grieve the loss of someone, we spend more time thinking about what we didn't tell them. We spend more time thinking about the things that we didn't get to do with them. And we don't spend the time thinking about all the fantastic things that we did say. All the fantastic things that we did do. Our brain automatically goes to the incomplete things. 
This may also explain why when we watch television shows and there's a cliffhanger, we gotta come back next week. You can't leave me right there. What happened? Our brain has to know why. Because we're fearfully and wonderfully made to be finishers. So this is where we're going all month. We are going to finish 2022 strong. Don't talk to me about January. Because God told you some stuff and his expectation of that stuff that he told you is for it to be finished. And so today, we're going to start that journey. I'll invite you to the book of John in the 21st chapter. We're going to read about one of my favorite people, a brother named Peter. In verse 1, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several other disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, which are James and John, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. He was like, I'm out. We'll come to, they all said, because you can't turn off your leadership gift even when you walk away from Jesus. That's another message. We'll come to. They all said, so they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. Now, for context, this is post-resurrection Jesus. He has died on the cross. He has resurrected. And now he's just showing up in places like this. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? Nope, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved. Now, this is John's book, so obviously he wrote that about himself. <laughs> then the disciple Jesus loved, a.k.a. John said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he was, he had stripped for work. The Bible is cool. My man was fishing naked, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast. Jesus was cooking breakfast. That had to have been good, right? I had to be seasoned just, I'll just, be thinking like that when I be reading the Bible, right? Jesus' food had to be good. It was per perfect in all its ways, was it not? Okay. <laughs> when they had got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now, come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. 
This was the third time. Somebody say third time. Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, this is Jesus being petty. I'll explain it later. Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked him. Say a third time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked a question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So I'll be talking to you today from a message titled From Start to Finish. From Start to Finish. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're here. And we're here and we get to hear directly from you. Speak to our hearts and change our lives forever for your glory. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. From start to finish. This is important because we are all wonderful, fantastic, outstanding starters. Most of us are terrible finishers. We come into this January like we came into every other January, full of ideas, full of strategy, full of hope, full of focus, full of intention. And then we get to the end of the year, like, I'll try again next year. You started to go to the gym. You started to eat them salads. I'm talking to myself. Mm -hmm. You started to read a book a month. You bought the domain for that business. You bought all the equipment for that podcast. You got the right lights for your new YouTube channel. You started it. But you ain't finished it. We good talkers. You come to church long enough, you can learn some pretty cool words. I'm in expectation. I'm just waiting on the Lord. You sing about it. Wait on the Lord. That's your part. But in most situations, he's waiting on you. You know why? Because he already gave you a set of instructions. He already gave you a strategy. He already gave you a clarity. 17 prophets and told you the same thing. But you waiting on the Lord. That book is 25% done on your laptop for the last three years. You're good starters. Can't nobody start like you. Because starting is easy. That's the easy part. 
I, I, I got this, this word. I got this strategy. I got this idea. I got this ambition that I know came from the Lord. And then I put one foot out and then life starts life in. I get distracted. I come up with some real good reasons. Here it is not to do God's will. Can I ask you something? Is there ever a good reason not to do God's will? Is there ever a good enough excuse to tell God, not right now, Lord. I'll get to it when I get to it. Can you imagine the holy one standing before you? And he asked you, yo, like, what up? Remember that thing I told you? How's it going? Some of y'all can't even handle when I do that to you. Because you know I'm coming for it. But imagine the perfect lamb of God. A conversation with him where he told you specifically what you were to do next. And you came up with some excuses about this, that, and the other. How do you think that conversation would go? I don't think it would go very well. Number one, you can't lie to him, huh? Even John Peter said, Lord, you know everything. So you would have to be real with him. That you weren't waiting on the Lord. You were just lazy. You weren't in expectation. You were indecisive. With his instructions. You would have to tell him the truth. You would have to be honest with him. Well, you need to keep that same energy with yourself. When you look in the mirror, because our tendency when we reflect on what we've been called to do versus what we've actually accomplished is to pull out this pointer finger and start pointing it at everybody else as to the reason why this thing has not been finished. But there's an old saying that for every finger you point outward, there's three more pointing back at you. It's you in Jesus name. It's you because you talk a good talk, but you don't match that same energy when it's time to walk a good walk. And God's admonition to you, everybody that calls this place home is to finish what you started. The Lord for the rest of this year, for those who will submit, is going to take you from start to finish before this year is over. Thank you for those who received it. All three of y'all who received the word of the Lord. It is so. And so you need to know what you have to adjust in order to align with what he has for you to become a finisher. And what you need to know is that there are three mentalities of a finisher. Three mentalities of a finisher. The first mentality is that they finish with purpose. A biblical finisher finishes with purpose. Your purpose declares why you exist. 
It captures the heart of why you are even on this earth and why Jesus died for you. You think he died for you to just wake up every day, go to work, pay bills and then die? He could have just killed you. He could have just not let you be born. What a waste that would be. But because you're here, there's work to do. Because you are here, he's still talking to you, about you, for you. It defines your life, not in terms, listen, your purpose is communicated to you, not in terms of what you think about you. But in terms of what God thinks about you. The reason that it scares you is because his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So, of course, it looks intimidating. Who, me? Because God's not going to call you to do anything that you can do without coming back to him. To finish it. Because he's a finisher and he wants you to be a finisher, too. Psalms 139 and 16 says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. You're not here on accident. He's got a plan for you that's already written out before any day ever passed. That's why you have to finish with purpose. You need to know why you're here. You need to know what you're supposed to do. And more importantly, you need to know who you're doing it for. Because when you realize who you're doing it for, you'll have the energy to finish what you started. The reason you haven't finished is because you made this about you. You made this about you. And that's why all the excuses that you create have you in the center of it, because this is all about you. But when you are moving and trying to finish with purpose, you know that this ain't got nothing to do with you. And that's why I have to finish what I started. The second mentality is you finish with precision. Turn to your neighbor and say, precision. Y'all got to stop treating this thing called the kingdom as some willy-nilly. I love that. So I love saying willy-nilly. Y'all got to stop treating the kingdom agenda as though it's just random. Fly by night, play by ear. We'll figure it out along the way. None of that describes Jesus. None of that describes the kingdom. So that's why kingdom finishers finish with precision. Precision is the quality of being careful and accurate. Careful and accurate. Deuteronomy 5 and 32 says you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God following his instructions. Here it is in every detail. God is detailed organized and intentional. 
And everything that he has told you to do is a part of a puzzle that you have no knowledge of until you put that piece of the puzzle into place. But if you've ever seen a puzzle, each piece is crafted with precision. You can't just put it anywhere to see the full picture. It goes in a specific spot and it connects to other specific pieces of the puzzle. You so busy asking God for the completed work and you haven't completed the part of the puzzle that's currently in your hand. That's backwards. That's not precise. John 21 and 6 in the story that we read earlier, Jesus told them, throw out your net on the right side of the boat. Picture it, please. It's like, come on, come on. It's a boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. There's water in the front. There's water on the left. There's water in the back. And there's some water on the right. But it's a sea. Surely, fish is everywhere. Why would Jesus say, put your net on the right side? Now, keep in mind, Peter and the crew, they've been out there all night. Hours upon hours. Keep in mind, Peter is a fisherman. He ain't out there kicking it. It's what he do. He had a whole business. He's a second generation fisherman. He know how to catch a fish. Jesus is a carpenter. Jesus ain't no fisherman. As a matter of fact, at this moment, Peter don't even know who that bra is over there talking about put it on the right. Peter ain't said, how you know? Let me see your fishing license. Let me see your resume. How many fish you caught? You telling me to fish over here? Let me see your fish. Peter ain't say none of that. But the reason Jesus told them to put the net down on the right side is because Jesus' instructions will always be precise. You won't have to wonder. He will always give intricate details on this next step. He may not tell you the whole picture, but when it comes to what you're supposed to do next, there won't be any question about it. He said, put it down on the right because God moves with precision. So your mentality has to reflect that if you're going to finish what God told you to finish. The third mentality of a finisher is that they finish with power. They're not trying to do this apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. I know you're smart. I know your little ACT score was awesome. I know you got a little trophy at work right above your desk. I know you're the one. I know you're you. But you ain't God. And any instruction strategy, idea that is kingdom based 
will be fueled by the spirit of the living God. If you try to do it in your own strength, you will run out of gas. And you will remain stuck in the land of incompletion because you tried to do it without power. That's why when we were up here earlier, I told you to invite him into your situation. Because you need his power to execute his plan. You need his power to walk out your purpose. And the second millisecond that you start trying to walk in your own strength, you are totally making yourself ill-equipped to finish what he told you to start. John 14 and 25, Jesus said, when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. He will teach you how to be a good husband. He will teach you how to be a good wife, a father, a mother. He will teach you a perfect business strategy. He will teach you how to get that promotion. He will teach you everything if you, if you let him in. And he will remind you of everything that I have told you. If we go back to our story, John 21 and 6 in the B clause, it said, after Jesus told them to put it down on the right side, it said that they did. And when they did, they couldn't even get the net out. It was so much fish in it. That's because when we move with purpose, when we move with precision, and when we move with power, God touches it and blows our mind. Let me help you unpack this a little further. See, they were fishing with a certain type of equipment. There are different types of nets that fishermen use, especially in this time. And so when they were out there all night fishing and catching nothing, they were using a net called a tramert net. It takes multiple people to throw it in. It has weights on it. And then you got to get out the boat and a group of you has to pull it out and sort through all the fish. You're expected to catch a lot of fish with this type of net. And they kept throwing it out there all night and they got nothing. But then Jesus, who they don't yet recognize as Jesus, shows up and says, cast your net down to the right. But the problem is, they didn't use a tramart net. They used the cast net this time. The difference between the two is it only takes one person to use this net. So what you need to know is that Peter lowered his expectation. See, when he was out there all night in his own strip with his boys, he knew that he was going to catch a bunch of fish. Like He's like, yo, yo, get the tramart net. Let's throw it down. It's going to be on. And nothing happened. And because he was so frustrated that his little goal didn't get accomplished, when this guy, this random guy, 
says, put your net over here. He doesn't go and rally up his homies and say, let's go get on. He said, all right, fine. Since my expectation is not what it was, I'll just use this little net and I'll just give it a little try. Now that I'm doing what God told me to do, let's see what happens. That's why he couldn't get it because the net that he put in there wasn't equipped to handle what it brought forth when he applied the power of God into the equation. And so if you're going to be a finisher, you got to finish with purpose and you got to finish with precision. You got to finish with power. And it's important for all of us If we're going to move from start to finish, we we need to know what we need to do in order to move from start to finish. There are there are some things you need to do. Because faith without works is dead, so you don't get to just pray and hold your hand out. You don't get to just pray and take a seat. You have to do something. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better do something. The first thing you have to do is you have to do what you said you would do. You talker, you. Talk too much. You have to now do what you said you would do. You remember when I said Jesus was being petty? If we go back to the story, John 21 and 16, excuse me, 21 and 15, after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Who is these? It's the other disciples. Remember, Peter wasn't there by himself. There were six other disciples there with him. And so when Jesus is saying, do you love me one of these, uh, uh, more than these, he's being, he being a little petty. You know why? Because of what Peter had said earlier. If we go to Mark 26 and 33, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Peter talked too much. Because as soon as the drama came, Peter was out of there. I holler. Gone. They ask, hey, ain't you? Weren't you with him? Like, nah, I don't know him. Denied him three times. But what he said was, I'll never, even if all these leave you. That's why Jesus was like, hey, Peter. You love me more than these? Remember what you said you would do? He's saying the same thing to you. 
today in this auditorium, do you remember what you said you would do? Why are you not doing that? He is telling you to do what you said you would do. He wants you to honor your word to him and make what you said that you would do a reality. He doesn't want you to just talk about it and leave it as empty words. He wants your words to become reality. And he wants you to do the things necessary to get it done. The second thing you, you got to do is you got to do what you started to do. You got to finish what you have already started. Remember, we was all eating salads in January. I'm talking to myself. I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to me. It's okay. We all going to get through this together. But here's the thing about us. We don't want to make a move unless it's all the situations and circumstances are perfect. It got to be just right. But what if God is okay with your imperfect, imperfect movements? Your imperfect steps, your imperfect progress. What if all he's looking for is movement out of you? So even if you have to move forward imperfectly, baby, move forward. Do something. Just don't sit there and do nothing. Talking about you just in a season of expectation. Do what you started. In John 21 and 6, Jesus repeated the question the second time he asked him, John, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Do you remember how Peter was called? Do you remember where Peter was called? When he was called? He was fishing. See of Galilee, right where he is now. It's where, it's where he started this journey with Jesus. Mark 1.16 is, is where we find it. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of what? The Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fished for a, leave, a living. He went back to where he first called them to have this conversation with him. To remind him to finish what he started. Jesus called out to them, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And here we are again, full circle. Peter quit. He knew he blew it. He knew he messed up. He felt like there was no way back to where he was. And Jesus showed up at that very place that he called him. And in this second question to him, he said, do you, do you love me? Peter says, yes. Then take care of my sheep because he wants you to finish 
what you started. Last one. After you do what you said that you were going to do. After you do what you started to do, the last thing you got to do is you got to do what you're supposed to do. You got to do what you are supposed to do. I'm going to keep hitting you upside your forehead with the fact that you are here for a reason. There's something you're supposed to do. It's not just a good business idea. It's what you're supposed to do. It's not just a relationship. You're a blueprint for other relationships to look at you to find hope in. It's what you're supposed to do. You're so busy only thinking about you. You're so, th- you're so busy thinking about what if this doesn't work? First of all, God is undefeated. You're so busy thinking about what will they think? You're so busy thinking about all, all of the things you got in your life, all the responsibilities that you currently have, all the hats that you currently wear that you aren't doing what you're supposed to do. And anytime you sit in a season of not doing what you're supposed to do, that's why you feel so unfulfilled in your life. Because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And it's left an empty hole in your heart. I just got a couple more scriptures and I'm going to leave y'all alone for now. John 21 and 17. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. This was the third time Jesus asked the same question. Say a third time. The reason that Jesus asked this question a third time is because Peter denied him three times. And Jesus was undoing the destruction that Peter did to his own ministry. So every time he answered like, yes, Lord, he was undoing his own demise. And he was able to do what he was supposed to do because he decided to believe what Jesus was telling him. He decided to put all of his disqualifications to the side. He decided to put all of his shortcomings to the side. He decided to stop dwelling on all the ways that he blew it. And he decided to tell Jesus Yes. Yes. I love you. And Jesus' response back to him was to tell him what he was supposed to do, which was to feed his sheep. Can I tell you one last thing? Yes, sir. What he told him wasn't new. It was a reminder of what he had already told him 
he was supposed to do. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. Peter tried to run from it. Peter tried to retire early. Say, you know what? He must have been talking about another rock. Because surely he cannot build nobody's church on me. Some of you love to disqualify yourself to yourself. <laughs> if I ain't got no microphone, I mean, it can't really be nothing he want to use me for. I ain't no preacher. I ain't no singer. I ain't no prophet. I don't know how to prophesy. How's God going to use me? Man, I'm from where I'm from. My upbringing was crazy. He must not know my family. Surely he can't want to use me. There's too many examples in our Bibles of people just like you. Broken. Unqualified, undignified, untrained. Those are exactly the type of people that he uses. You know what he's looking for? A broken spirit and a contrite heart. If you have that, baby, you qualify. So you do not, as we see in the life of Peter, get to talk yourself out of doing what God called you to do. You're a finisher. You ought to point to yourself real quick and say, I'm a finisher. You need to start thinking on what he told you to do. And don't, don't try to catch amnesia. If you think long enough, he'll remind you. If you quiet yourself enough to receive a reminder from the Holy Spirit, he'll remind you. Or he'll tell me and I walk up to your face and tell you what he said. Either way, you'll get your reminder. God's Desire is to take you from start to finish. You forgot, you forgot the scene at Calvary. <laughs> they was, they was taunting him. They was spitting on him. They, they was like, yo, I thought you was God. Why don't you get up off that cross, Mr. God, man? Whole time, Jesus like, Lord, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Whole time, he made the decision to stay up on that cross. He could have came down. But it wasn't finished. So he stayed. He stayed until it was finished. 
And then once it was finished, he declared that it was finished. And it's been finished ever since. And everything changed when he uttered those words. It is finished. The veil was ripped in the temple to symbolize that there was no longer a barrier between us and the great I am. A.K.A. we are now without excuse. Because there is no barrier between you and the great I am. So if you're stuck, you can go to the great I am to find your help. If you're scared, you can go to the great I am to find your strength. If you're hopeless, you can go to the great I am and find your hope. Point is, God is taking you from start to finish if you let him. Mm-hmm. Can you just imagine for a second? If Jesus said, you know, I had enough of this. I'm God. Them people don't even love me no way. And he got down, went back to his throne before it was finished. Where would you be? Where would I be? If he left his business unfinished, you know where we'd be? On our way to hell. (laughs) I thought I'd go ahead and fill that in for you. What's that got to do with me? What's going to happen if you don't finish? Whose life is negatively impacted because you won't do what God called you to do? Stop thinking about you all the time. Why don't you think about him? And why don't you think about them? That's why you got to get it right. He didn't save you just so you could uh, be a good church attender. You can have your favorite seat. (laughs) He saved you with a whole generation of people in mind. He wanted you to break the generational curse because of the people that are after you. It ain't even about you. And that's okay. Because the fact that he wants to use you is the best news possible. Let's stand. God sent you into this room today because his expectations of you have not changed. That's what he told Peter. That's why he showed up to Peter at the very spot that he first called Peter to tell Peter what he had already told Peter. He didn't tell him nothing new. He retold him what he had already told him. And I think that's where God is entering into your heart today. 
He's not coming with a news flash, breaking news. No, he's popping up on you like a Facebook memory. Showing you what you already said. Showing you what you already posted. It's just a reminder to finish what you started. Don't come around me talking about January, February, March, April, May, June. Talk to me about 2022. God is the, is the one who orchestrates our days, our, our hours, and our seconds. And we don't get to just push them to the side in anticipation of a whole nother month. That's a little bit disrespectful. Why don't you ask God to help you finish strong? Did you all enjoy today's message? Was that okay? I was a little harsh. I just want to check in. Am I, Crystal, am I okay, cousin? Okay. All right. So um, I think that this is the dopest church on the planet. <laughs> and if God has told you that this should be your home, it's real simple. You can scan that QR code on the screen. You can go out there to the table that says start here and fill out a little card. Or you can go to allnationsaurora.com slash join. Whatever you got to do, come on. If God told you this is home, come on. We're we, we talking about obedience again. Y'all been visiting 23 times. If God told you this is home, make it your home. My wife and I would love to be your pastors, and we would love this to be your church. In all honesty, in all, in all sincerity, finish strong. Don't tap out. Don't say I'm going fishing. Finish strong. Do what he told you to do. And put him in the middle of what he told you to do. And you'll find, you'll find the strength to finish what you started. Let's pray our way out. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this moment where you've made things crystal clear to our hearts that we are we are being taken from start to finish. Thank you for considering us, that you decided to use us, call us, appoint us, equip us, and help us on this endeavor. As we leave this place, whenever your presence, help us to become the finishers that you have created us to be because we want our life to be pleasing unto you. Help us because we cannot and do not want to do this without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.